Welcome to Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour, your source for the straight poop on all things supernatural. We're your hosts. My name is Chris Anderson, but if you went to high school with me, you could call me Shibby. And I'm Ethan Sareski. And my girlfriend asked me, she was like, why do they cast people with the same names as the characters on Curb Your Enthusiasm? But that's okay, because she's great. And this week, we're going to be bringing you another hot, fresh monster. Ethan, why don't you hit him up with the premise? Well, as always on an episode of Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Friday Hour, one of us, this week it's Dibble, has done extensive research on a ghost, ghoul, goblin, or in this case, a Yukon beaver eater. Yep. And one of us, in this case me, has done absolutely no research and has just gotten high, just weed, don't worry. And watched horror movies and bought VHS tapes on eBay. So, Shibble will be explaining everything to us this episode, and I will be asking the questions that you guys are dying to know, playing the audience surrogate. Yes, and you did hear Ethan Wright this week. We are talking about the Yukon Beaver Eater. That's the Yukon Beaver Eater. Yes, not Bigfoot. No, no, no. This is a different thing. Yeah. And, Ethan, when I say to you... Yeah. Because you don't know what a Yukon beaver eater is. When I say to you, Yukon beaver eater, what do you picture? I I was um, smoking weed the other night. A lot of mentions of that today, but I've I've, I've had anxiety. Live your truth. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not embarrassed. And I was saying Yukon beaver eaters to myself. I was like, Yukon beaver eaters. You come, and it became you can beaver eaters, and then you can be very eater. You can be, you can be veritas. You can be veritas. You can be the truth. Mm. Oh, Uh-oh. I thought maybe it was a cryptid that that is into conspiracy theories. Okay. And you know which one. We don't have to say no, it. No, so but... I thought it was a really an ignorant uh, cryptid that loves Facebook and loves its algorithms. And, uh, and knows the third... truth. It knows 100% of the truth, just like you do. You and the Yukon Viveritas. <laughs> so my real theory is that... Um, that it looks like one of those little chatter teeth toys. Okay. You know those? Oh, yeah, yeah, the those ones with teeth. the feet... And you wind yeah, it up. Yeah, you wind them up and they go, nah, 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 nah. Yeah, those are great. You know? Yeah, it's just a mouth on little stick legs chattering around, snapping up beavers in Canada. All right. Well, I think it's a cryptid and, like, it, <laughs> I'm not done. Oh. It comes from, like, a lost or mutated species of bird. Okay. And it lost its wings and bodies and everything but its mouth and legs and its tail. And it also funny, grew teeth. Yeah, it grew huge teeth. Okay. But it has this beautiful tail of like fine plumage. Oh, that's wonderful. So, yeah, I think I think it has this beautiful peacock tail at the end, and the brains are in the base of their tails behind the mouth. In case you were wondering. Boy, that remind me of that later because that just sounds fun to draw. Yeah, I th- I think maybe <laughs> maybe you should do a sketch of that. Yeah, maybe I will. Um, that's how I picture it. Four f- and I picture it four feet tall and 150 pounds. Oof. Just the snappy mouth, legs, and peacock tail. Now, are you imagining those teeth? To be proportional to the mouth, or do they just have no. like five hundred human-sized teeth? Five hundred human-sized. Ah, oh fuck! Ah, uh. ah! Uh, now it's gone from cute to horrible. It, a little uh, critters, critters like. <laughs> oh, they're so tiny, and there's so many of them. 
<laughs> oh, oh, okay. Woo! Uh, I knew a girl in high school who had a lot of teeth in her mouth. She was pretty, but but she just had way more teeth than humans have. Well, I hope they got that. Well, I don't know. Her name started with an M and rhymed, rhymed with Maggie. Well, I hope McGaggy's doing okay. <laughs> God bless you, McGaggy, and your many, many teeth. <laughs> so, you're ready to find out what the true Yukon beaver eater is? Well, there's only one way to explain mm-hmm. the Yukon beaver eater to the audience, because I know that, like you, the audience learns best through narrative fiction. 100% truth. So, have you prepared such fair for our audience in order for them to learn? Yes, I burned the midnight oil on this one, folks. And I also woke up early this morning and finished it off. Oh, well, that's dedication. That's because I love narrative fiction and I love our listeners. It's because you love the last minute. It's true. I thrive best under pressure. I need it. Oh, I Why love it. Why do you do that? Why do we wait until the last minute to do it? Like, I did this this morning, too. All my, um, not research, but it's easier when you don't have to present. But, yeah. like, I didn't do anything until the last minute either. Why is it so much easier to do stuff at the last minute? I mean, because, you know, it just makes it a lot easier to prioritize. I think that's the real thing. For me, it's uh, always hard to be like, oh, should I be working on the, fixing this sink because this morning I also fixed my bathroom sink. That uh, There was a leak. I'm sorry, this might be a little bit boring for a minute. And you guys are just chomping at the bit to learn more about the Yukon Beaver Eater, but I'm going to keep on... Chomping at the bit like a Yukon Beaver Eater. Yeah, I'm going to keep on teasing you. It's like the fruits of Tantalus. So my sink, right? The, because... Or the water of Tantalus. Yeah, also it is like that. Because the water had been leaking out of my detached drain uh, into a small pool at the bottom of the vanity, much like the pool Tantalus was standing in. And unfortunately, this had caused a little bit of a mold problem. Now, ultimately, I want to replace this vanity, but I'm not going to do it right now because I still want to buy Anna a couch. And so I want to spend that money first, and then in a little bit, I'll get the vanity. Anyway, so I just pop out the bottom with a chisel, take it down, use that to trace out a new form on some scrap plywood that I got. Take the old jigsaw, cut around that, nip a little off here, nip a little off there, when the slider right in, got a new bottom for the vanity. Hey, guess what? What? I had a mold issue, too. Tell me about it. My sunroof is broken, and I kind of knew it, but I didn't think it was a big deal. Mm. So it's been leaking water for months. Oh, no. And now the entire inside of my car is covered in mold, and it reeks and uh, I cleaned it, and it grew back. Uh, so I don't know what to do, and it only has like 60,000 miles on it. Yeah, I would either... Okay. You're either going to have to really dehydrate it for a while. Did you get that gasket replaced? Uh, yeah, I told you I was going to go ahead and do that, but I didn't get a chance. I I, uh, I need to do that. Yeah, I would do that, and until you do that, throw a tarp over it. Keep it in the yes. garage... And what I would There's do... There's no garage. Okay. Can you... Do you have a place somewhere, a family member, you can park it there for like a weekend? Yes. Because what you do, you park it in the garage with a dehydrator, and you keep the doors of the car open, and you seal up the garage so it just sucks all the moisture out of the car. Wait, what's that sound? Is it the sound of our many new listeners coming to us for great handyman advice? 
Oh, I thought it was the listeners leaving. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I thought it was doors slamming. I thought I thought maybe you could put in that sound effect later of like hey, people heading for Sea Hills, like the at like and like the monsters when they start running. Yeah. Or like Wiley Coyote. Yeah, yeah. That that bongo drum. No, no, no. The car in the monsters speeding. Okay. Off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the kind. Yeah. Okay. Put that in. Okay. I just got fascinated by answering your question, and I was worried about your car. Anyway, it's really messed up. Thank you for your concern, and I will, I will. What I'm going to do is I'm going to follow that advice, and then I will get the gasket fixed first. Okay. Now, if you're ready, it's story time. Story time. Story time. Story time with Uncle Monster. Story time. Story time. It's story time. It's story time with Uncle Monster. Story, story time. time. Ever since you could remember, you loved Beaver. In college, you met a couple of other women that liked Beaver, but none of them as much as you. All types of Beaver. Little furry guys. Big, sopping wet ones. Ones hiding behind their little dams for safety. That's why, Dr. Alexandra Dublanc... You got your doctorate in zoology with a specialty in the Cassator canadensis, the North American beaver. You're doing your postdoctoral work in the field. You received a grant from the Canadian government to study the big, beautiful beavers they've got up there, in the Yukon specifically. Previously, your work studying beavers had kept you south of the border, so you're pretty excited. You don't fly, so you started your journey by boat. A nice trip up the Erie Canal. <laughs> Once across the border, it becomes clear that there aren't a lot of travel options to get you to the remote section of the Yukon you're hoping to explore. You find a private bus company run by a man named Jean-Luc. He's also the bus driver, and a bit of a mascot for the company. As you approach the bus, you can see it has his face painted on the side, a huge grin hiding under his unique facial hair. On the side is the company's slogan, Take a ride on the Mustache Express. <laughs> You're his only passenger on this run, so the two of you chat for the long hours. You're surprised to learn that, even though he's Canadian, Jean-Luc is a big fan of the Detroit Red Wings. The roads get smaller and less well-maintained, and it gets a little bit cooler out. The bus is not the most luxurious, but at least Jean-Luc has provided you with a box lunch. <laughs> Jean-Luc drops you at the campgrounds at Frenchman Lake and bids you adieu. It's about dinner time, and you're happy to see that there's a food truck parked nearby, selling to campers. Soon, you're happily eating a fish taco. Okay. <laughs> and planning to begin your investigation in earnest. You've come to the Yukon because you believe there is actually a surprisingly little beaver life here, according to the population counts. Perhaps man's encroachment is hurting them? Well, you're here to help. That night, in your, trent, in your tent, 
you happily dream of beavers. The next day you head out into the wild. You expect to find more than a few beaver dams in the tributaries that feed the Frenchman Lake. Only fishermen have gotten up earlier than you. One waves at you as you begin your trek, and feeling a little flirty, you blow a kiss to the little man in the little boat. <laughs> your good day is short-lived, however. You round the bend in a promising little tributary to find there, lying on its back in front of God and everybody, an upturned beaver dam. There's a splattering of blood and the hint of a bizarre fake vanilla smell that's produced by beaver glands. Your investigation is cut short, though, as you hear a loud crash coming from upstream. You run that way, and what you see shocks you. What you see is impossible, but as a scientist, you recognize it right away as a giant ground sloth of some sort, the kind of megafauna that died off ages ago. It's bigger than a grizzly bear, with humongous curved front claws at least a foot long. It's standing next to a freshly flipped beaver dam and holding a beaver in one of those brutal-looking claws. You grab a long, pointed stick from the wreckage of the dam and brandish it like a spear. You put her down, you scream, startling the beast into dropping its prey. The beaver scampers off, but that giant sloth turns and snarls at you. Picking on a little animal like that, you know what you are? You ask. You're a pussy. Well, I eat pussies like you for breakfast. <laughs> the beast leaps at you. You brace your makeshift spear against the ground, and as the sloth descends, it impales itself. Its own weight and momentum drives the spear right through. You, Dr. Alexandra Dublanc, have defeated the Yukon Beaver Eater. Very nice. Thank you. Very nice. I liked it. It was suspenseful. And I got all of our cunnilingus jokes out of the way. They're done now. Yes. The little man in the little boat. Thank you. Yeah. I was proud of working that one in. Yeah, that one got me. I like that. That was my favorite. So, yeah, that is our Yukon Beaver Eater, or uh, as it's known, the Seitochen. Uh, it's known to the Tatchone people of uh, the Yukon. Are they, are those um, native? Yes, they are uh, native people. Uh, and what do they call the Yukon Beaver Eater? Uh, the Seitochen. Seitochen. Yes, I believe I'm pronounced, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, I read it spelled as S-A-Y-T-O-E. C-H-I-N. So it could be Seito-Chin. That would be Seito-Chin. Yeah. But I think Seito-Chin, yes. I don't know. Seito-Chin. They both sound Sounds like more ethnic. dope names. Yeah, they, they both sound cool. I like the way they sound coming out. Uh, so it is basically a giant ground sloth that's as larger than the largest grizzly bear, known for flipping over the lodges of uh, beavers and ripping them out and eating them. Are they dangerous to humans? I mean, I think they don't run into humans very often. I think there's got to be a very small population, and they're very remote, but they are definitely of a size and strength that they would be dangerous if you were to find yourself in an antagonistic situation with them. 
because they're like mega bears, except for the fact that I don't, they don't sound like they have the strength or speed of bears. Well, maybe the strength, but not the speed. But they also, if you've ever like looked at the hands of a sloth, they have huge claws. They have huge. So imagine proportionally, those claws have got to be like a foot, foot and a half long. Those are like Freddy Krueger claws. Those, those are like short swords at the end of both of his yeah. arms. Yeah, yeah. Those are, those are, um, those are incredible weapons. And to have when that you, behind just the strength that you need to be able to move when you weigh estimates about a thousand pounds. So to have a thousand pounds of muscle behind that. I think it's more than a thousand, but they said it was bigger than a bear. They did. Uh, so yeah, it could be, it could be up to two, I would say. So a ton and it's moving, but how I'm trying to think about how quick it moves. If it's a sloth, is it sloth like, or is it? Well, one thing, uh, is, uh, that it has a resemblance to, uh, the giant sloth megafauna, the, that actually did exist. Like we have skeletons of those. They were alive at one point. Uh, and is that is that just similar to our current sloth, except much larger? What, what it has a, a similar skeleton to a sloth. Uh, it has a, a tail, which makes it distinct from a bear. It has like a three foot tail. Oh, cool! And it. Uh, but one thing that made this sloth different from tree sloths was uh, that it had joints like a carnivore, which would imply they would have to be able to hunt. Which would mean it would have oh. to be able to move. So it so this is faster than a, than a sloth, like it's at least but I, yeah it's at least fast enough to catch a scrambling beaver. Yeah, well that's pretty quick. Yeah, I would imagine. And it has that tail. If you had a tail, would you hide it or would you cut a hole in your pants and have a tail? Am I the only person with a tail? Yes, I would hide it. What if one in a million has a tail? So there's 350 people with a tail in our country. Okay. Then I would say, like, I would maybe have it out at home and amongst friends, but at work functions, I would I would hide it. I'm not brave enough. I'm not brave enough. Why at work? Well, you're brave enough at, at, at what? At, with your friends? Yeah. But at work, it, it, so it's more of a casual, you would feel comfortable. It's, it's more know. of a personal, you know? Oh, I understand. So at... At the post office, you wouldn't cut a hole in your in your pants. No, and have my tail poking out. My tail. What kind of tail would I have? Would could you carry a package with it? Would it if it was a prehensile monkey tail? Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, I hadn't even considered Here, monkey tail. My choice. My initial thoughts were obviously you know tiger, dragon. I was thinking with a with a triangle at the end was what I was thinking. Okay. Okay. Something reptilian. I hadn't even really considered moving out of the mammal area. Yeah. Or even into the fantasy realm. Yeah. What do you mean fantasy? I said dragon. <laughs> it's true. You can see their skeletons. They're labeled dinosaurs, but we know the truth. Yeah, really. Uh, so, uh, I think now might actually be a perfect time to learn a little bit more about our setting. It's my understanding that you did some research on the Yukon. Yes, of course. We can't do an episode where we don't know where the creature's from. So we have Yukon facts. Yukon facts. All of the Yukon Huskies' mascots are named Jonathan, after Jonathan Trumbull, a former governor of Connecticut. Okay, we're going with that, Yukon. Yeah. 
Okay, I should specify for our listeners, because this is an audio medium, if you didn't look at the title, uh, this is uh, Yukon spelled Y-U-K-O-N, not U-C-O-N-N. Oh, yes, the monster's from Canada, but we're going to do the facts from Yukon because we're from Connecticut. And there's probably a lot of crossover. Okay, Yukon facts number two. The university's, bas- uh, the university's basketball men's and women's program have won a combined 13 national championships in the last 25 years. Oh, is anybody else even coming close? No. No, definitely not. That's 13 out of 50 total championships for men's, men's and women's. 50 total championships in, in 25 years. They've won 13 out of 50. That means, statistically, if someone's giving you the odds of that's better than 4-1 to one, that UConn's going to win a championship this year, take it. Place as much money yeah. as you can. That's a good bet. Either, either UConn team. <laughs> no, don't, don't do that. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Statistics yeah. don't lie. Stay yeah, tuned for men, more gambling UConn tips. Men going all the way. Yeah. Um, after losing to Stanford in the beginning of 2014, UConn won how many straight games, Shibble? Was it like 111? Oh, my God. 111. Oh! That was amazing. No, that's like the one, like, there was a point in my life where I didn't, like, watch any basketball games. I don't enjoy watching basketball, but I was loving the fact that the UConn Lady Huskies were, like, the New York Yankees of college women's basketball. Just consistently a force but, like, to the next level. Like, they didn't no, it lose was a different. game it was for, like, two the, years. The Yankees, the Yankees were the UConn women of baseball. Yeah. Like, if any team would have been in, over the moon to have the record that the UConn Lady Huskies had and that incredible, like, 11-year winning streak. So that's 111 games, Shibble. That's impressive. And then they lost in the 2017 Final Four and won how many straight games? Uh... 112? 126. Oh, shit! That oh, was that God. happened after I had looked up all my UConn Lady Huskies facts and, like, adopted them to memory. Because Connecticut has no sports teams. They're the only thing, if you're from Connecticut, sports-wise, that you could be, like, proud of. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, you know, half of us like the... Well, a third of us like the Red Sox. A third of us like... I like the Mets. You know, a third of us like the Yankees. But none of us can claim those. You know, they're not yeah. the Connecticut Mets. Yeah, maybe if you're feeling a little loosey-goosey, you can say we've got the New England Patriots. No, we don't. But no, because ha- half of us root for a New York, root for the Giants or somebody. Or just, like, oh, some gross. random team from somewhere. Yeah, like the, re- the Washington football team, which is what we here on Uncle Monster root for, right? Yeah, go Red Tails. Yes, Red Tails. That would be the best name they could they could adopt. To put it in perspective, that loss to Baylor after the 126 straight games was the first regular season loss in the whole career of the seniors, Katie Lou Samuelson and Nafisa Collier. Wow. What a run. <laughs> Can you imagine they're seniors and they lose one day and they're like, oh my God, we haven't lost yet in college a game. And I remember like when the WNBA started, because we were from Connecticut, like, I remember knowing players' names somehow. Oh, yeah. Because they because, all played for us. Yeah, like, every single UConn lady player, I'm sure, walked straight onto a team. Yeah, they still do. Yeah, and they should, because if you want to be the best, you go to UConn. It, it's the Paige Buckers theory. It's it's absolutely true. 
And those are your three UConn facts. We're going to come back and get some more. So God, I'm excited. More about, so you can learn more about where this UConn beaver eater is from and more about its environment. You know, it's very important. Yes. So, Shibble, take us back and give us some more info on this Yukon beaver eater. Well, I am just going to mention the two quick facts about the Y-U-K-O-N Yukon. Uh, one is that it is uh, the like northwesternmost territory of Canada. Oh. And it's the one that's like right up against Alaska. And right. it uh, the largest city is the capital, Whitehorse, which has a population of 25,000 people. Oh, it's tremendous. It's got, it's so sparsely populated and so much of it is I'm sure not even capable of sustaining a population. Like it's just got to be pure, like permafrost. Who do you think the prettiest girl in Whitehorse is? Oh boy. I'm going to have to say, uh, the girl listening to this podcast. Yeah. That's from Whitehorse. That's from anywhere near Whitehorse. Have we had any listeners near Alaska? I uh, I think we've had a couple up in Canada. So Oh, well, they're pretty, apparently. I imagine that you are. Yeah. So, uh, those just to give you the kind of setting that we're talking about. Now, the, uh, where was I? The giant ground sloth, uh, the Megalonyx Jeffersoni, uh, if this is the Yukon beaver eater is indeed an existent giant ground sloth, it would be called uh, the Megalonyx Jeffersoni is the, the species. Named after Thomas Jefferson? Yes. He uh, had a giant ground sloth skeleton. He owned one. Oh. And they named that's it That's an him. awesome thing to have to collect. Yeah. I mean, Thomas Jefferson, still very problematic. But that's a pretty cool thing to collect. I'll give him that. Very, very problematic, obviously. But uh, like, so it's not—it's not weird to collect VHS if you. No, no. That dude had a giant sloth in his den. Yeah, just the skeleton, just like. Ah! Yeah, uh, that's that's super nerdy and weird. See, people have always collected weird stuff. Yeah, no, I'm a big fan of collecting. Uh, Michael Jackson owned the Elephant Man's ashes, didn't he? Uh, bones, I thought. Oh. Oh, I guess he wasn't cremated. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, that doesn't... To me, that feels different, but I guess he probably donated his body to science, which I guess could, in a sense, be in the collection of a bizarre weirdo child molester. I guess that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think Joseph... What was his name? Joseph Merrick. Joseph Merrick wanted, like... I don't want to ever be owned by a bizarre child molester. That yeah, they should be let you check that box. Being like, okay for you know medical students to do an autopsy on me, not okay for my bones to end up in some weird guy's house. Like not I'm, some weird guy. It's not some weird guy. It's like, well, Look okay, Timmy, I've got the elephant man's bones. Want to want to play with his bones? I had an art teacher in college. Uh, hey, art teacher, want to play with his bones? She, uh, it was a life drawing class, and she had a human skeleton that was a little girl. And she oh. drove around within the backseat of her car. And she also had... Why isn't it a little boy? To me, what was even more disturbing that she had, that you brought in one day, for reference, was, was, a, a, was a dead little girl. It was a, a Ziploc bag filled with human sternums. 
sternums. Yes. First Those of are all, large. Uh, first of all, I'm going to say the sternum is probably the least important part to draw. If there's any part of the human body you can skip drawing, it's the sternum. Second of all, <laughs> just to have these sternums in a sack, a Ziploc bag, it was just like, oh, fuck. Jesus. The sternum is, is to end up chest, here to teach me, some idiot, how to draw in an elective class. Oh, that's that really is disrespectful. To me, it was a bit much. At least it wasn't Joseph Merrick. He's been through enough. It's true. Back to the Yukon Beaver Eater. Here, rub Joseph Merrick for good luck. I'm sorry. So, yeah, yeah, let's see. Okay, I covered the shape of the size of the elbows. We got that. You there. did? Now, uh, okay, so now I've got... You didn't cover its elbows. Oh, yeah, the, the joints, uh, the way that its oh, yeah, joints yeah, yeah, yeah. work. It was one of it's the ways that we can... Joints. Yeah, we believe it to have predator joints. Uh, That'll help it on fight night. Oh, definitely. I think this guy's going to be a beast on fight night. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, it's huge and powerful. It's with flipping those over fingers. beaver lodges and yeah, plucking them out like fucking Twinkies. Pez. Yeah, like Twinkies. I think I think it's going to be a two bite situation, <laughs> uh, which just seems so brutal. I guess I would hate to get eaten alive. Uh, I would rather be eaten alive than drown. I don't know. I think that grinding motion is going to be so rough from being no, chewed up. A shark could take half of you at one time. You'd be in shock. That's fair. I yeah. I was imagining being eaten by like a giant and being caught between its molars. No, you don't get ground to death. When you're eaten alive, I picture like being decapitated or being crushed or just all in one second. Drowning is so much worse. I hope that dude who killed Gabby Petito or whatever her name is, that Brian Laundry fellow. I haven't followed the story. Oh, I hope he drowned if he killed her. Okay. Well, I guess maybe by the time this episode comes out, we'll know. Yeah. Hey, want to make a bet? Uh, no, it seems a bit macabre. Well, let's bet on another aspect of the case. Did he kill her or not? Okay, um, since I know nothing about it, I will bet you $5 he is innocent. Uh, okay, I'll bet you $5 he is guilty. Okay, sounds and good. And you don't have to pay, because that's a terrible bet. Okay. okay continue, Shibble, please. So, uh... And F. Brian Laundry. So we've... F him. We've got some, uh, sightings, Okay. Oh, by people? Yeah. Uh, so Not by beavers. <laughs> in the mid-1980s, the British Columbia Scientific Cryptozoology Club uh, <laughs> received a report of uh, several... Uh, uh, a woman and her husband and their mother and their kids were all uh, fishing on Tatcham Lake when they saw a creature roughly the size of a large, size of a large bear, but with a tail and a flat face and those big old front claws. Wow. Uh, they shot at it three times before hopping back in their boat and sailing off, and the creature fled into the woods. You know, why is our reaction to shoot at something? I mean, it it is an intimidating sight, and you have your children with you. It might not be the right reaction, but I, I can say I understand it. I had a friend... Uh, oh, not I had a friend. I have a very close friend named John Chapman, and his mother, Louisa, um, was gardening... And uh, she, uh, they're they're African American. For mm-hmm. it matters to the story. 
and she killed uh, a snake in her garden with her shovel because it scared her. Mm -hmm. And she wrote a long letter to uh, my dad talking about how she worries about John and I when we go out and uh, worries that police will pull us over and see Jonathan and be scared of him like she was scared of the snake because she didn't understand it because it was different mm. and will react by hurting it like she did. Mm -hmm. And my dad thought it was very touching and it, uh, uh, kind of uh, an inner look at, at that struggle and what that's like. Yeah. Yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah, I know. It must be horrible. Mm. Well, how about we get back to this giant sloth monster, everybody? Yeah, I thought that would... No, that's not a, that's not a poignant story. Or, uh, that is a poignant story, and this is certainly a respectful context. <laughs> Do you want Yukon facts, or you want... Yeah, let's, let's cleanse the palate with a quick Yukon fact. Give me one more. I like when you say it. Yukon fact. Gino Auriemma, Yukon's coach, has won 11 championships. Ooh. That puts him in the top 10 all-time in Division One championships in any sport, including like the bullshit ones. And it's the most of any basketball coach. Auriemma is tied with Phil Jackson, Jackson for most championship wins in American college or pro basketball. Wow. Good for him. And, I, you know, it's funny how they talk about sports coaches being the most highly paid position in public education. And I think in a lot of places that's a waste. But I'm going to say this guy's probably earning his salary. He is. I think he's underpaid. Oh, I, be, I, I bet he is. I bet he could go to a pro level and get paid. How does Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm sure he has offers all the time. Yeah. But, you know, I'm sure he's getting paid enough to get by. And he's doing what he loves, so God bless him. And he's having success with it. And Why I, mess I with success? He, I think he loves those girls, man. I think he loves like help seeing them succeed. Oh, know? yeah. That's got to be so fulfilling. It, 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 for him, it is. I think he's just a good guy. UConn's all-time record is 11.83 and 3.04, a 7.96 win percentage. Now, keep in mind, UConn had 11 losing seasons in its first 12 seasons. Hmm. So they Oriyama's just took off like a rocket after, after yeah, season 12. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then Oriyama came, and they're in the only losing season, his only losing season was in his first season when they went 12 and 15. All right. Last fact uh, for now, and then we'll have our final facts later. The Huskies are 20. This is telling. The Huskies are 22 and 3 all time in games between a number one and number two ranked team. They are sixteen and two as the number one team, and six and one is the number two team. That's crazy. Yeah. So when they're playing in in a, in a one two game, they're gonna win. Yeah. I that's mean, on. That's I, some next level shit. They, they're killers, man. That's clutch. They are. They are truly a sports dynasty. I think like they they need to be in that, uh, you know, echelon of like. The the Yankees of, when they the, had their streaks. The Yankees uh, of the UCLA Bruins with John Wooden. Of like the Jordan I, Bulls. The Jordan Bulls, but I think I think they and they I, surpass I mean, I, a lot of those. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, I, I don't know who you'd put above them what they've done unless you're a sexist. Yeah. Or if you don't follow college sports, which is fine. <laughs> so back to the uh, UConn Beaver Eater. Uh, in the 90s, 
There was another sighting. Uh, this time, that previous family was uh, a Tachone family. Uh, but this time oh, so it was that seen... Was Satoichi that, it, yeah, that they saw. Satoichin. Satoichin. Yeah, Satoichi is a blind swordsman series of films from Japan. Oh. So this time, our old friend, the Yukon Beaver Eater, was spotted by a white guy, also a lone fisherman, but this time out on Frenchman Lake. And uh, he uh, also shot at it, which I guess was <laughs> common behavior. Uh, and uh, it ran way back into the woods. Now, it seems like the British Columbia Scientific Cryptozoology Club uh, was uh, largely concerned based on hunting Bigfoot and Sasquatch. That's what I found in looking them up. Uh, so it's possible that they just didn't follow up on any of this, or it's maybe that they didn't find anything. Or, third option, that they're covering something up because uh, there's no follow-up uh, on these sightings or nothing more reported. It's just... Some people saw this or something. Fourth option, it's a group of, like, three guys, and they just, like, have an internet chat group. Well, I, I it seemed like there was a little bit more to them. Uh, okay. But, but maybe they're, I mean, what, that's stupid to be so into Bigfoot that you ignore the cryptid in your own backyard. Yeah. But maybe they did investigate and they didn't find anything. Or maybe they just don't have, you know, they're all weekend hobbyists and they don't have the kind of resources to go out and do investigating. Well, then don't call yourself the super resource crew or, or the super cryptid crew or whatever they call themselves if you can't even, like, it's true. examine the own cri- the cryptid in your own backyard. I mean, that's ridiculous. It's true. If you want to be uh, specialized and focused, just sit, put that in the name. That's all I'm asking. Truth in advertising. I mean, if we were cryptid hunters, t- trust we would have checked out the melon heads already. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Luckily, we're just... Uh, of folklorists, and so we don't have to actually go out into the field. Are we journalists? I I think we're. I think I would describe us as folklorists. Folklorists. Yeah. So, are, are we pundits? Uh, no. I think just crypto pundits. Like amateur crypto scholars. It, there's no such thing as and we're scholars. There's no amateur scholars. Well, I mean, we are. I'm, I'm not. I'm not ready to go pro. I I think we should call ourselves scholars and crypto pundits. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know what? At this point, I'm saying to myself, this thing sounds pretty crazy. But can it love? A werewolf ain't my dad, but it's not so bad. It might sound crazy, but can it love? Can it give me a kiss? Can it hold my hand? Would it say I love you? Does it understand? Does it know that I've never felt this way before? There's a full moon tonight. So romantic. And this might sound crazy, but can it love? Can it love? But can it love? I love that song. Yeah, it's a bop.
Um, I have no idea if this thing can love. It loves eating beavers. It does. And I'm going to assume that it's a, a species and not a unique creature. And I think even, that's even how uh, the Tachone would describe it. Uh, uh, I think. Why do you say that? Uh, just from the way they talk about it, it doesn't seem to appear as something of legend. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, it doesn't have, like, oh, I didn't see anything, like, oh, it's a trickster, or, you know, like, that kind of whatever. But they call it the, what do they call it against? Seitoichin. Seitoichin. But the, do, do they say the Seitoichin, or Seitoichin? How do they refer to it? I think they refer to it as as Seitoichin. As a Seitoichin. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Although, I'm going to be honest, I could find very little primary documents on this one. A lot of secondhand stuff. Oh well. <laughs> well, that's gonna well, come up a little bit. Attention, audience. This one may be, not be entirely factually correct. Well, we'll as opposed see. to the uh, the Cecil Hotel, which is so this hundred percent factually correct. So yeah, I'm gonna say that it is a a wild animal, and so in that sense, uh, can't truly love. Maybe it can have affection towards a mate or a family, but. Or even toward a human that it bonds with. Maybe it might have the capacity to bond. They are very uh, old species. We don't know much about megafauna. But I'm going to say, in this, in the sense that it's not sentient, I don't know if it can love. It's not sentient? I mean, it, or it has animal-level sentience. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's not yeah. self-aware. Right, right. Uh, okay. So okay, so it is so it has the intelligence of a sloth. Yeah. All right, so it doesn't love the way we love. It loves the way a sloth loves. Yeah. And we can put that to bed. Speaking but, of going to bed. Yes. <laughs> can it fuck? That sounds crazy, but can it fuck? Uh. I googled Yukon Beaver Eater Erotica, and you can guess. Yeah, I, I'm sure it turned up a lot of great results. <laughs> it, it was a mess, so I just ignored it. Yeah, um, I really wanted to subvert your ability to do that this episode. Yeah, I could. There was no, there was no way I was going to get any erotica out of that because it was just like it was, it was an overload. But I learned a little bit about sex in Canada. Okay. Uh, oral sex in Canada was legalized in 1969. Hey. LOL. Uh-huh. Nice. Maybe uh, it's because it's a bilingual country, but one in five Canadians said they had taken part in um, a threesome. Ah! Wordplay. Anal sex is legal in Canada, but only between those over 18, and provided no more than two people are present. I mean, I guess that's reasonable. I don't know. That seems complicated. And then here's a good guy. In 1969, then Justice Minister and future Prime Minister Pierre Elliott Trudeau, hey, no relation to the very handsome uh, current Trudeau, uh, Justin, famously said, "There's no place for the state in the bedrooms of the nation." He created the bill that decriminalized homosexuality and legalized abortion and contra contraception. That's dope as hell. That guy's awesome. I thought. Are you sure he's not related? Oh, no, he could be. He totally could I, be. I, I believe he is. He wasn't. Okay, well, I take it back. Okay. I don't know anything about Canadian politics, and I never will. I don't want to. 
I don't. I wish I didn't know anything about American politics. To tell you the truth, it's true. It's a burden. Heavy it, is it the is. head that wears the crown. It. <laughs> nearly ten percent of Canadians confess to having had sex in, in a canoe. Hmm. Is that's that's a lot. That seems like a good number. I haven't I had sex in a canoe. You haven't? No. Nor have I've never. I've never gone in a canoe to go on a boat ride. Yeah. Have you? Uh, yes. At summer oh. camp. Oh, see, I didn't go to sleepaway camp. Yeah, it's, you were probably better off. I was afraid. As of 1991, it is legal for women to be topless in Ontario. Hey! Sex in public is illegal... But a judge in uh, 1981 ruled in favor of a couple having a late-night tryst in their car, as it is obvious the accused did not want to be seen. Fair enough. I like these the, the Canada coming across very fair and balanced. Do you know I'm what like, I, I learned recently? What did you learn? That public sex is such a big problem in England <laughs> that they have like a slang term for it. They just call it dogging. Ew. Yeah. And like to the extent where it. it will appear, uh, it'll appear even in like a newspaper. It'll be like dogging problem. Harry and Meghan have been dogging. Yeah, and uh, and everyone who reads it will be like, yeah, dogging. They're talking about dogging. Oh That's the God. problem it's, that we're it's having. a whole it's thing. Dogging. Yeah. Have you ever dogged? No. The okay. Clo- I've done it in a public bathroom once. Oh my God. Yeah. With was- someone. Yes. Oh, even worse. It was it. It was. Uh, Have you ever masturbated in a public bathroom? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just asking. Um, sex in public is. Il- uh, I just read that. You threw me off. The median income is thirty nine thousand five hundred for sex workers, forty two thousand for sex worker managers, and sixty thousand dollars for people who buy sex. Okay. So they're all working class. Yeah. Um, and finally, 65% of sex buyers used in-call services in the last year. 55% visited massage parlors. 39% used out-call services, while only 17% bought sex on the street. Hmm. Now, I'd like to tell you a little bit about Canada's most famous porn star. Okay. Would you like to learn about her, or you don't care? Just a little bit. Okay, her name is Lauren Phoenix. Okay. She was born Linda Vanina Parasini in okay. 1979 on May 13th. Happy birthday. Um, she attended a performing arts high school and performed in musical theater as a singer, dancer, and actress. She studied classical music and was a jazz and blues singer. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one point in her career, she would have been classified as Canada's national treasure. Um, she won uh, the AVN for 2005 Performer of the Year. Won the 2004 XRCO Award for Orgasmic Analyst. Uh, And, of course, after she left the industry, uh, for reasons unknown, she wanted to produce her own porn and build websites. She launched BigPimpinCash.com, which uh, folded soon after. She then uh, started BangAPornStar.com, which folded soon after and the Lauren Phoenix Agency to represent herself and other performers, which shut down six months after. That's too bad. 
I don't know where she is now, but I wish her the best, and that's all I know about sex in Canada. So I can't tell you whether the beaver eater uh, has sex or not, whether it Fs or not, but that those are all the clues that I could gather. Well, I'm going to say that uh, it, as a... I'm going to stick with my theory of it being a living fossil. And so, yeah, it's just an animal that fucks. It's an animal that likes to, to fuck and be fucked. Okay. It's that simple. Oh, I did all that work. It's <laughs> fight night. <laughs> Fight. Okay, welcome to Fight Night. Mm-hmm. In this corner, we have the Yukon Beaver Eater, the Giant Sloth, yep. versus how many prime Shaquille O'Neal's? All right. Shibble, shibble. How many of me? Well, Mr. O'Neal, can I call you yes. Mr. O'Neal? Uh, certainly, or you can call me Shaq. Oh my goodness, Shaq? It is yes. then. <laughs> Listen, Shaq. Yeah. I'm going to say you're going to need, now that I'm looking at you, four. Drink me in. Drink me in, Chibble. I mean, you're a, you're a lot of men in your prime, Mr. O'Neill, if I can call you that. Can I call you Mr. O'Neill? You can call me any of the above. Any of the above. I got to say, it's going to take four to five of you. Probably it's a big it's a big ass monster. Yeah, I mean this guy's two thousand pounds of muscle, huge claws, uh, fast enough to snatch a beaver. <laughs> Yukon Beaver Eater versus Taylor Rain, Jenna Hayes, and Tegan Presley. Okay, those are three pornographic actresses. Uh, one of them, Taylor Rain, is my favorite. Okay. Jenna Hayes is excellent, and Tegan Presley is just a throw-in. I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to put this one on the Beaver Eater. Uh, I know those ladies uh, sure know how to have sex for the camera, but, but they also how- probably know how to fight and like cra- scratch and claw. Like they're probably rough customers. Well. Who can? I'm not familiar enough with their work to make that kind of judgment call. So I'm gonna. I'm still gonna have to put it on the Beaver Eater because I'm gonna say even the sharpest of uh, pornographic film star nails will not be able to penetrate its thick, slothy hide. You're absolutely correct. Uh, number three, the Yukon Beaver Eater versus a night of hazing rituals at a Yukon frat rush. Ooh, ooh, boy. I hope these frats get this problem under control one of these days. Problem? Well, you know, like the ones where they make people drink until they die. Pro- problem? I mean, it could be considered a bit of a problem all the deaths. Oh, yeah, I guess. Uh, but, but you got to prove that you, you should be in the frat, though. It's true. And I think if anybody can handle massive amounts of alcohol, it's going to be a 2,000-pound sloth. Uh, So I think he's going to be able to handle the worst that they can throw at him. What about the elephant walk? Uh, Well, I mean, he does have those long front forearms to help distribute his weight. 
So that would help. I don't think you know what the elephant walk is. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm not 100% sure I want to. Yukon Beaver Eaters versus the Yukon Women's Starting Five. Oof. Who's the coach? Gino Ariyama. Gotta give it to the Lady Huskies. Really? Oh, yeah. They're going in all the way. They're taking it. They're taking it to the hoop. The Yukon Beaver Eater versus Wilbur, Charlotte, and Templeton. Uh, oh, from uh, from Charlotte's Web. Once again, yes, from Charlotte's Web. From, he's some pig. Uh, but I'm going to say if I can snatch a wild beaver, I can snatch up that, uh, that tasty little morsel, Wilbur. And the spider, as I recall, non-poisonous. One rat. <laughs> Not an issue. Rats like a baby beaver. <laughs> so it's going to tear them apart? It's going to rend them limb from limb. <laughs> All right. Yukon beaver eater. Not even eater. breaking a sweat. <laughs> Yukon beaver eater versus Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin. Ooh, got to put this one on the beaver eater. They're each going to get one sharp hook swiping downwards straight through their skulls. But they're going to try and stop his progress. Just straight through. But like, they're going to get in it. They're going to get in his way and try to stop any progress that the beaver eater tries to make. It's going to sound just like using a three-hole punch. Shunk. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Not that I would ever want that to happen. No. God bless our public servants. Right. All. All of them. MTG. Oh, you know, these fights and these political insights are getting pretty scary for me. I don't know about you. I think it might be time to discuss whether or not this is real. Are you seriously cutting me off? Why? Did we have more fights? I thought that was yeah. a good closer. How many oh, of these do we need? We, oh, you don't want any more? That was a good closer. That was a good one. Let me give you a couple, a couple more. No, we got to end on a high note. Come on. We're already at 55 minutes. Oh, are we? Okay. I just had one I was proud of. Um, will it not work with a different monster? No. All right. Hit me with the last one. Yukon Beaver Eaters versus Jews on Beetle Fevers. That's a bunch of 1960s Hasidim with bowl cuts. Okay. A bunch of them? Yeah. No, like a mob. Okay. Like enough enough to fill like the front row of a Beatles concert. Nothing can stop Beatlemania. It was so powerful. I've got to put this on the the Jews on Beetle Weavers. Jew, Jews on Beetle Fevers versus Yukon yeah. Beaver Eaters. Yeah, Jews on Beetle Fevers. Okay, so the bunch of 60s to see them with bowl cuts win? Yes. All right, Yukon Beaver Eaters versus Hannibal on an Elephant. Hannibal... The general nope. or Hannibal? Hannibal Lecter. Hannibal Lecter. Okay. Um, Hannibal Lecter's deadliest weapon is his mind. So, and he is just a genius level intellect. I'm going to have to put this one on Hannibal and the elephant. Yukon Beaver Eater versus a group of beavers that send one suicide beaver that swallowed a bomb vest. Where'd they get the vest? All right, we can move on now. Because, <laughs> boy, let me tell you, this thing is freaking me out. Are it's you okay? Me out. I'm not okay. Because there might I'm be okay? a giant megafauna 
running around the Yukon, eating up all the beavers. And then and what's it going to do when it's out of beavers? It's going to come I for was, us next. I was just about to say, what's going to happen when the last beaver dies? It's going to turn around and say, hey, those people look you know, close enough to beavers to me. You yeah, know, or, and then we're going to be in trouble, Shibs. Yeah, so, we keep on encroaching on their natural habitats with our expansionist policies. Uh, you're absolutely right. I, I, I mean, I have no argument. So the one question I have for you, otherwise I won't be able to sleep tonight, is, Shibble, is it real? Is real? Check it, Bavakasha. Hey! No! What do you mean, no? My research says no. Uh, what do you mean it says no? <laughs> it has to be real a little bit. There's all these accounts and all that. Okay, so we've got basically two accounts. The thing is, both of those accounts... Are by liars. ...are by the same person, <gasps> whose name is Don Charlie. All records of this Seitoichin that I could find go back to Don Charlie. Everything oh, no. led me to need to find out who is Don Charlie. So I started researching Don Charlie. It's a, is Don a Seitoichin? Don was uh, a native woman who oh. lived in the Yukon. Uh... She was lived with the Tutchone people, mm-hmm. and she made these reports to the uh, British Columbia Scientific Cryptozoology Club. Oh, Shibble, well, she's ill, isn't she? She uh, said that the Seitochin was part of the oral tradition of the Tutchone people, and uh, said that when... Uh, Native people were shown books of like megafauna or like, you know, fantastical creatures, whatever. They would say that the Seitoichin looked like a giant sloth. They would point that one out. But it turned out Dawn Charlie was not Tutchone. She was a Cherokee woman from Texas who had married into the Tutchone people. Now, whether well, or not well, that means she would be uh, 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 tied into the Tachone oral tradition in that way, who can say? I'm not certainly in a position to say that. But If it, I married you, I'd be tied into the Anderson family. Yes, but I... And maybe she because she herself. was an outsider that had learned that information, that's why she felt more comfortable sharing it with outsiders. Uh. That's a theory. But I will say that I found out in the mid-aughts reports of uh, Don Charlie uh, selling a breed of dogs called Talton Bear Dogs. Uh, that breed of dogs had been extinct for hundreds of years. <laughs> what, what were they that she was selling? I couldn't find out. I just saw that she was selling them. And then I said, what kind of dogs are those, and why is that so special? And I found out it's because they were extinct. That's funny, because I bought a dodo bird from an eBay account named Dawn Staley recently, whatever her name is. Dawn Charlie. It all goes back to Dawn Charlie. I Now, my research into this has been very limited. 
I, like I said, I could not find any primary documents in my search. So it's possible there's more out there that uh, lends uh, credence to the tale of the Yukon Beaver Eater. C-H-R-L-I-E. C-H-R-L-I-E. Or C-H-A-R-L-I-E, sorry. I gotcha. Maybe there's some truth to it, but I did everything that I found came back to this one source that to me does not seem credible. See, to me, it seems like she's just a mentally ill lady who married into this tradition and, and freaked out a little bit about, like, you know, and got, like, obsessed with this one story. That's possible, too. Who can say? Well, she seems crazy. I mean, she, well, who gets that obsessed with one monster? They start, like, putting it all over the internet. Well, she wasn't Us. the one that put it all over the internet. She just reported it to the British Science Fiction, uh, the British Columbia, the BCSCC. That's weirder. And then they were like, okay, we're going to put this in our findings. We're going to put this in our research that we put out, and it sort of spread from there, I think. We're going to put this... Can you imagine that goes in your research? Like a call from anybody goes yeah. in your research. Some lady just called and said her sister-in-law saw a giant sloth. <laughs> I'll put it in the file. Sounds like how Ghostbusters was run at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. That's amazing. So this one just probably isn't real. It's probably just a figment of Dawn Charlie's imagination. Yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah. Who can say? Have we had another one that wasn't real? Um, the Bermuda Triangle. Oh, that that wasn't real either. That's true. Yeah. So two points for the skeptics this season, and it looks like we're getting the red light from Uncle Monster. Is oh, you don't want any more? You got bored of the Yukon facts? No, I did not. Let me hit hit me up with a couple more Yukon facts. They're really good for people from Yukon. It helps with our self esteem. Uh, UConn has some of the best players in the country, but frequently has the best player in the country. In the last 12 years, six Huskies have won the National Player of the Year. Wow. That's crazy. In 2011, UConn held Fairleigh Dickinson to just five points in the first half, a school record. Fairleigh Dickinson shot 6.9% from the floor. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. They, they picked up in the second half and finished the game 9 for 55. <laughs> Ugh, that is rough. In that went last... real heavy on D on that one. Didn't they? <laughs> it's so mean. In the last twenty years, UConn has lost one game or fewer in nine seasons. Um, and also, last but not least, Paige Beckers is a consensus AP preseason All-American this year. With college athletes now allowed to capitalize on their name, image, and likeness. UConn sophomore Paige Beckers filed a trademark application for her nickname. If approved, she'll be able to exclusively produce a line of athletic wear uh, called Paige Buckets. Hell yeah. And I'll be in line for it, Paige, for my daughter. That is a dope as hell nickname. for me, that is a dumb nickname, man. No way. Buckets. She's making those buckets. That's what they call it when you get the ball in the hoop. But would you buy a shirt that said Paige? Yeah, I would. Come on. I would support UConn basketball. That's a cool nickname. All yeah. right, Paige. Thumbs up. And it looks like we're getting the red light from old Uncle Monster. That is what that is. Isn't that that, that light over there, right? That's the one. That's I his special light. I thought it was someone trying to distract me from our large studio audience. 
Well, you got any movie recommendations for us, bud? Yeah! Uh, why, um, why don't you watch the movie that's called... Have you seen this one? It's called Abominable. What, what's it called? Abominable! Oh! <laughs> and what's it about? It's kind of like Alfred Hitchcock's Rear Window, except that uh, instead of a killer... It's, it's a Sasquatch. Oh, that sounds interesting. That's a good suggestion. Do you have any more? No. Do Do you want Uncle Monster Two to give you one? Yeah, yeah. Uncle Monster Two's coming around. What's up, brother? Hey, Shibble, how are you? Man, I'm hanging in. I'm Uncle Monster Two. I I have my brother's act that I license and take to different clubs. What's going on? You got a movie for us? Guess what I watched with my daughter, or with with Ethan's daughter. My God, you let these freaks into your house, Ethan? You're going to get CPMS yeah, called I, on I you. do. Uncle Monster T is a friend of mine. He's a good guy. I am a good guy. And I, I brought Whoppers and Junior Mints, and we watched Candyman, because she's almost 16 now, and not only was she not afraid, but she said it was sad. I mean, it was sad. It is, but she's so empathetic. I was very impressed. So my movie suggestion is Vicious Fun. Okay. It's about a guy who's normal, and then he, all, by mistake, ends up in a meeting for serial killers, and mm. and they all find out he's not one, and they want to kill him, and he has to escape, and it's really exciting and scary. You know what? I would like to tweak that premise for a sequel. Oh, what would that be? It'd be all of if we doing that from the serial killer's point of view, where they know one of them is normal, but they don't know which. So it's like a murder mystery in reverse. Oh, that's really cool. Which one of them isn't the killer? Do they have to kill? <laughs> yeah, because he'll otherwise he'll go to the cops. Right. Yeah, I like that. That would be kind of interesting. Reverse murder mystery movie. I like that. Well, now someone's just gonna write it because we have such a large audience. Yes. And thank you so much to our audience. We love you guys so much for tuning in. And we hope that you come back next time. We hope that you check us out on social media. On uh, Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, and especially on Patreon. All on at UncleMonster6. Yeah, you can find a lot of cool exclusive content on uh, the Patreon. We've got bonus episodes up. Uh, we're... By now, probably through our series on Insidious, Nightmare on Insidious Street. And, of course, that complements the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Or, uh, uh, what is it? Nightmare, uh, on, Nightmare Monster on Monster Street. Street. Excuse me. And now we have Nightmare on Insidious Street. So we are doing some super deep dives into some of your favorite scary movies. And they are lots of fun. Like, trust me. And they're long. And you can listen to them and fall asleep to them. <laughs> And uh, coming up soon, Phantasm on Insidious Street. <laughs> I'm trying to get you guys newer movies, but we have to go back and forth. I'm negotiating for you, though. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Until yeah. then, don't, don't get, get spooked. spooked.